Hi guys, this is Vicky. This is also Zone 7, and today I'm here with Philip Kostoletsky. Well done. Yeah, close enough. Smashed it. <laughs> you're a comedian. I am, yeah, yeah. So you're funny for a living, which is... <laughs> uh, a living? I wish I was funny for a living. I'm kind of funny for partial, part of my living I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah. For my living, and then the other part of my living I also have a day job. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I'm... Uh, Professionally funny, we could call that. That's a much nicer way to phrase it. See, I'm professionally unfunny. Oh, and nice. I also have a side job where I force my unfunniness for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is people don't realize when you work a side job, you kind of you're giving away your your, your exactly. skill for free. I make jokes in the office, and I think, God, you guys don't even know the deal you're getting on this. <laughs> yeah, like people pay a lot of money. People pay a lot of money. <laughs> people pay a whole ten pounds sometimes <laughs> to see this. Do they ever leave a tip? Uh, sometimes, yeah, some, yeah, I mean, well, when I do a club gig, people do pay more, yeah, yeah but, uh, but solo, as a solo act, I don't charge that much. Ten pounds is a lot nowadays, so. It is, it's getting, it's getting more, but some clubs, they're like, it's like a twenty pound ticket, certain nice. venues. I, I like to do some of the ones around central London, so yeah. the top secret comedy club. Top secret classic. classic. So much of comedy now is, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about this on the way over here, it is, really? it's very online, yeah, it's a lot of it's online, and I think you know, there's a lot of pressure to put stuff online, and then, it's this weird thing where you kind of want to bide your time a little bit as a comedian. You don't want to be online right away. But then after a certain point, you do start to see other people like having successes there and selling out shows. And so there is that pressure, certainly. And an how individual. do you feel about cause a lot of the comedy that's online is audience work? Yeah. Because obviously you're performing the same material yeah, yeah, yeah. in several different places. And if you want people to buy the ticket, you can't have the whole roster yeah, online. Um, which is why comedians tend to post more audience work. Yeah. But obviously there's been some controversy recently with comedians where their audience work is really good. Yeah. You pay 90 quid for a ticket. And actually, I don't know, are you, talk, are you talking about the comedian I think you're talking about? I think so, I mean. Well, Matt Reif, I presume? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what everyone's talking about. Um, yeah, I think, well, that's, I think that's certain people. There's certain people who it's not the case. What I find interesting is there's so many people like hating on him. Mm -hmm. And I just think, oh, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't matter like that. But I, I get your, what you're saying. I've, I've, I've heard about this as a thing that some audience members, they like really like their comedian. They see them on uh, in person and then the material for them just isn't that exciting. But I think also for some people, they, they just want to be like a crowd work comedian. Yeah. I'm trying to be positive. Like this is, this <laughs> yeah. is the thing is, uh, I feel like I've led you down. The no, you've led me down a path of bitching. I'm trying not to bitch because I'm trying to get out of that mindset. Mm. Um, it's very difficult. I yeah. just, so now instead of, you know what I do, instead of just saying it externally, I do it internally. I just, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, I get, that is a thing that's, that's interesting to see. I think part of the, for me, like, it's obvious that people would go online because, you know, uh, you can find your audience there. There are people, you know, like Matt Reif is an example of somebody, I mean, according to his words, I don't know how much of this is true, but he said like, you know, no one really gave a shit about him for a while. And then he started to blow up online and then he could sell tickets and stuff like this. And, um, as an act myself, so I'll just explain for anybody listening. So my accent is I'm, my mom is Slovenian American. My dad was Austrian. That's why I sound like this. And I grew up in uh, Slovenia. I went to international school. Then I moved here when I was like 17 for university. And then I did comedy a bit at university and then properly for the past five years. And for me personally, like I do, I do all right. You know, I do a lot of the bigger clubs in the UK. I've been able to tour a bit in Europe and even the States, which has been fun, but I don't have a big following and I've never really had any agency or industry interest in me i have a little bit and then it just didn't go anywhere which yeah. is you know these things these things happen i'm not gonna look to cry about it <laughs> i'll feel free i mean i'll get the views. Yeah, yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure they're listening here they're going oh man we would have signed him but he bitched about us that one time my point is is that like i feel like i'm that kind of an act 
Well, maybe things will happen. I'm sure. Well, I'm only five years in. I'm only 26. So I got, you know, yeah. I'm not dying anytime soon, hopefully. Um, and even if I do that, you know, I guess that sells. Be, that's that, that sells also. It solves my problem of <laughs> trying to find an agent because, you know, there's no one to sign. Uh, but like, you know, for me, certainly I'd love it if a clip of mine blew up online and then I could, you know, get a bit of a following. Like, that's what everyone is kind of dreaming for these days because it just it just makes it so much easier financially. It's so much more comfortable. And stuff like this. It's not what I, when I got into comedy, it's not what I thought the route would be or something that I'd be talking about as much. Um, I got into it because I saw it on TV and I just was like, oh, this is what I have to do. It was kind yeah. of like a, like an epiphany moment. Like I always liked performing and I always liked being a little bit of the center of attention. Uh, you know, some people say, oh, comedians are like, some comedians, they feel very insecure in their normal life or they feel very anxious. And so then on stages where they come out, it's like, oh, that's not me at all. I love being around people, I love socializing. <laughs> To a degree, obviously, I need some time to myself. But uh, I've always loved, you know, that aspect as a kid. I, I like whenever anyone was taking a photo, I jump right into the photo. I was, I was so obnoxious. So for me, when I saw it on TV, for some reason, it was like, oh, this is what I've been trying to do my whole life. The reason I'm asking for all this attention is because I want people to see. Like I would watch somebody on TV, and they would, it's, it's they're expressing their world in a way that people understand mm. and it's funny and yeah. i saw that and i just thought oh, this is what i've always been trying to do i've just been trying to express how i feel yeah. and get other people to relate to it yeah. and when i was younger i would often come across very annoying to people and they didn't like it because it was that because it wasn't like you know i don't remember what i was like as a kid but um you know now that's the joy of it for me is, is, is like I feel these weird things and then I say them and people laugh and it's like, oh, you get what I'm feeling. You mm. understand this is not, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Or at the very least, you find it funny enough to... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you also get a lot of, especially with the rise of social media, you get so many people posting very niche experiences and then everyone in the comments is like, I've not had a single like individual experience. Everyone has felt what I felt, which is yeah, really yeah. comforting. Um, That's why I think the best thing about comedy is, is how comforting it can be. Yeah. I watch stand up when I'm sad and it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's a physical reaction. Yeah, yeah. Like you can force yourself back into a joyful mind, mind state just by smiling or laughing. Mind state. I've never heard that phrase before. Is that a phrase? I've been accused of making up words and phrases. Mind before. state is great. <laughs> mind state sounds like. It sounds like like a, a prisoner's technique they yeah, would yeah. use to like torture. <laughs> We're gonna put him in a mind state. He'll never recover from. <laughs> he will tell us the truth. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that was that's really interesting. So I'm guessing you're one of the people that deals with sadness and difficult emotions through. Well, as an artist, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I I guess yeah. I, I, I for me, it's always been like if I'm not always been like. But I, I was thinking about this once talking to somebody. I didn't realize how many times joke of mine came from me not feeling good or positive yeah but i don't want it to be you know sad boy comedy boy yeah. spelled b-o-i <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> i find that very annoying or like i you know i know it's very popular here in the uk but i don't really dig this whole like one hour edinburgh show where we all feel depressed for 45 minutes and then it all ties together yeah. because they're not just funny they're brave <laughs> for me that's not what i i dig so i'd rather you know, there's bits of mine that came from like frustration. A lot, a lot of it comes from like frustration, anger, kind of sadness. Not always. Some things are just like I'm like, oh, that's funny, or yeah, you know, it's or joy. I, I, that's weird. It's it's the flip side as well. Like I like something a lot, and I think that that's what I really like about modern comedy is a lot more of stand up. A lot of it's about sadness, right? Which is fine, but a lot of it I find that people are able to talk about things super positively yeah and that brings funny because someone being really passionate about something niche is inherently kind of funny or interesting yeah. um 
so yeah, but I definitely have found like there have been times where I've been really sad or not feeling great. And then I think of something funny about the situation and I go, oh, great, wonderful. Yeah. Because this is, makes it all okay. But a friend of mine was t- talking to me about this and he said, you know, but what do, like, you know, when you feel sad, at least you get a bit out of it at the end. What do normal people do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like they feel sad and they just, they don't get anything out of it. What's yeah. the point of this all? <laughs> Um, That's very existential. Yeah, but I also thought, yeah, thank God I have this because, like, every time anything's bothered me, I've just thought of something amusing about it. Like, I, I got broken up with once, and I really was really upsetting me. And I, the problem was, is I kept feeling in the back of my mind that I didn't deserve this person, and that really fixated on me. And then I tried to write a whole. I wrote a whole bit about how I think you should date losers who don't have their life together, right? <laughs> because you know, it's fun. one of the lines I said was like. You know, it's very easy to date a success who loves you. What about a failure that needs you? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a challenge. And so for me, that was fun because I was like, it came from like a th- feeling like a loser, but then I'm basically being like, no, fuck it. Losers are cool. Yeah. We should, you should be going for that because you have drive and you know, you have passion. Like another one part of it was like, you know, what do you want a guy with a, a car and a steady income? It's like, I've got a, I've got a bicycle and a dream. You know, that's what I'm, so it was, it was just <laughs> silly stuff like that. That like, it just, you know, made me a bit happier. And I just, and then I can, because for the end of the day, if you have a vision, if you have a passion, if you have something you're going for, if this is becoming so like, dude on a podcast, <laughs> isn't it? But, you know, like if I feel sad and then I think of a joke, I'm like, oh, well now I'm working towards the thing that actually makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. So it always ties back together. So I'm very fortunate that that exists in my life. Does that affect almost your real life where some people are sometimes like, please be serious and talk seriously about the things yeah. that are upsetting you? Yeah, 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 that's re- that, wow. That's fucking. This is good therapy, shit. That's, that's, impra- that's like <laughs> you're gonna a come out of this in a better mind state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need this. Um, I'll pay you for you the, at the end of this. How much? Just, just bill me just for the tickets. hour. Just bill me for the hour. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, because I was hanging out with some other comedians recently, and they said, "Oh, I just hate comedians who can't switch off. They're always on." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Yeah, they they suck, dude." <laughs> Where I am that person, yeah. I love being in a green room and chatting with people and just like you know, you know, throwing out stupid jokes. Yeah. I have had frustrations from like partners and stuff in the past where they've been like, they've been trying to like get something out of me to, to express how I'm feeling. And I just make a little joke or like, I do try to be cute or silly. And they're like, you, sh- you got to stop this. And then it comes out, yeah. but no, it doesn't hit me completely because if a topic is serious, like I will talk about it seriously. And I, I enjoy gauge, engaging in those conversations, but I also find that sometimes when it gets too serious, I will just say something stupid yeah. or needlessly offensive or, or needlessly annoying yeah. to just just pull us out of this for a second. Because, But my mother and my sister hate this because <laughs> also they do. They always take it so seriously. Oh, like I've said stuff before and they've gone, do you actually think that? I'm like, this is a ludicrous opinion <laughs> that no one would hold. And yeah, but uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it does. I guess it does prevent you from talking more seriously at points but for me i'd rather have fun than be too soppy and serious and do we need to talk about things seriously yeah do we no i saw a clip of your comedy and actually it was on loop on your story because i think you people were reposting it oh was this my the the trailer yeah i think my dad's dead yeah 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 so just for people to get a context i I really i have my special coming out in january and i put out a trailer last week actually um no this monday what am i talking about yeah this monday that's basically last week. Yeah, it's Sunday. So just to give people a full time scale if they're <laughs> listening, today is Sunday. And um, yeah, the first joke in it 
was my dad's dead. He died when I was 16 of cigarettes. Well, just the one, it was really big and it fell on him, <laughs> which is also like a true, not, he didn't die from cigarettes in, inherently, but it was just yeah. certainly part of it. And, um, but the problem is, is because people were reposting and sharing my trailer and they were, I was tagging me in my story ended up, and if you flip through it, it just ended up being back to back. My dad, my, my father died. My dad's dead. My dad's dead. My dad's dead. Um, yeah, that's interesting because the whole, like, do you use stuff to, to get through things? I think about this sometimes. I don't think I use it inherently to get through it, mm -hmm. but I think it's more that like, it kind of gives it a purpose. Like it yeah. gave, also for me, it's just something to, to talk about on stage. Yeah. And I, and I do genuinely spend way too much time alone. And I like, I'm in this weird state of my career where like it's, I'm, I want things to go better and they're not always going this way, but I try to be positive about it. But that's like, you know, you write about what your life is and yeah. sometimes my life is not happy-go-lucky. But yeah, th there was a whole, there's like a whole nine minute section in the show that I did, uh, Daddy's Home, as it were. Nice. <laughs> um, which was just about my family and about my father a little bit. But it wasn't, in, I don't think I was trying in any way to be, um, I wasn't doing that because I, th I wanted people to see me as something like this. I was just doing it because I thought it was inherently funny. Yeah. Um, and there were parts of it, like, there's a whole rant I go on about how I think people who with happy childhoods aren't attractive and the fucked up childhoods, people are yeah. sexy, um, which isn't a 100% of full truth, I believe. Like, I'm not going to look at somebody and if they tell me that their childhood was happy, I'll go, ugh. But yeah. there's certainly an element of, like, people I've met who have been through stuff like they they seem a bit more alert and yeah yeah um so yeah i think i think it just helps for for me and i don't think every comedian does this way but i think there's part of it i think it's there's always like an anger or frustration there's some emotion driving this usually it's it's a, a not a negative one but maybe not a positive one so like yeah. i don't see you know anger is a negative emotion but in certain contexts it isn't yeah. and um you know frustration maybe frustration maybe more than anger uh, I feel like I got sidetracked here. But yeah, I don't want people listening just to think that that's all my comedy is. A lot of it, I mean, I have a whole bit about, about looking at people's phones on the train. Like, you know, that's yeah. not inherently, that doesn't come from some deep-rooted emotional past. Yeah, that's it comes from part the part of living in London, right? Yeah, you, you have do. to be nosy. You've got to know what the guy next to you is. Yeah. I had a, a like, really suited, like, posh-looking man sat next to me yeah. reading the dirtiest book on his phone and I, oh, I love like, that i was like i'm just gonna unpeel my thigh if that's yeah, all right yeah, yeah, like yeah. and i was looking like like try, you know usually yeah, you yeah. actually sly about it and because i'm a bit taller i can usually look over people's yeah, shoulders yeah. you probably get it and i was just like i'm i'm here i'm seeing stop it like yeah, but you shouldn't be looking technically i shouldn't be looking but he shouldn't be reading those. yeah but that is funny is that, you know what it is because when we're on our phones we do think we're alone a little bit yeah and it's i think i find that really comforting seeing what people are up to because you're like oh they're just like me <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing it's it's the phones are actually I think make us feel way less alone. Sometimes not always good because you have people with negative opinions and then they finally realize that there's other people like them. Um, but who, who am I, who am I to say what's negative and what isn't, you know? But, uh, the, the positive side of it is like, you look at someone's phone. Like I looked at this woman's phone once and she got added to a WhatsApp group chat mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And then she, the first thing she did was forward that group, that message to another friend and then wrote, who the fuck does this bitch think she is? talking to us like this and i was like holy shit yeah. this is phenomenal like can you add me yeah. in? like if i give you my number? i'd love to be part of, i want to be part of the group chat that you just created yeah, for yeah. this yeah but that's but that's how like these things work and we're all like this we all want to bitch we all want to do silly stuff so i think that's 
it's great. That's why I love about the internet. You know, it's negative in a lot of ways, but that's a positive aspect of mm. it. And that for me is comedy is like the biggest thing I'd ever want for my stand up is for someone to watch it. And first of all, for them to be happier because yeah. they watched it. And then to like, if someone ever messaged me after seeing my special and said, I saw your thing and it made me feel like less alone in this world. I'd be like, oh, well, okay, that's good. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm, not what I'm doing this for. I'm doing this for personal reasons. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, I'm doing this because I like being heard. I like being heard. <laughs> I like, you know, making a bit of money from it. And I like the attention, but you know, if, if needs must, I may also bring joy to people. Um, <laughs> Come to your it. head. Well, I saw this thing recently. Um, I'm really bad with names. So I'm yeah. going to keep, not because I, Think I respect people's privacy, but because I literally don't remember their That's name. That's fair. Someone had to address the fact that they weren't telling the truth in their comedy. Or oh, like, it's Samanaj. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, "That's insane to me because I don't, I don't even tell the truth when it's just like me and the people around me. Yeah. So why? It's he, you know, he's been on stage for so long. His his was a different case though. You know that, right? No, because I only watched the TikTok rundown. That's it. fair. That's fair. So he Samanaj. Uh, he did a special or whatever and he talked about like getting death th threats so there's always a liberty to lie on stage and often most of what it is is you're not lying you're just combining things that didn't yeah. happen at the same time that's often what really people do but then also people do just fully fabricate stuff which is cool um, but he was talking about how he got like death threats from like things and he had to hide his wife and his kids and stuff and he added an emotional element to his story uh -huh. that wasn't there but then sold it off as the truth yeah um because it could have lived within the world of his reality so that's why i think people got annoyed at that right but they're all also they're, uh, part of what came out of that was also people going like what do you mean not everything's true on stage and it's like yeah it's well I'm like, like it's like a play you know part of yeah. part like not or like a movie not everything is going to be reality it sounds a bit different though because i think he he used he used that to gain emotional favor and yeah. to be seen as somebody that he isn't, which is, um, which is the only negative thing I'd say about that. Yeah, there's a fine line. There was a guy one year at the Edinburgh Fringe who uh, apparently did a whole show about his friend committing suicide. Hmm. And then it turned out that his friend hadn't committed suicide. He just, but he really created this fictitious narrative. Wow. And, and so many people connected with the show. And then at the end of it, he said, hey, I'm really glad people love this, but I have to tell you. And then it, those things are weird because it's like, how do you meant to feel? Because yeah. the emotions you felt, the way you connected with the story was still there, but the sadness wasn't, yeah, so those ones are, are weird. Um, I guess you could argue the same for the Hassan Minaj thing. I just don't, this is my problem is I sort of care and then I realize I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, so this is the thing, I've never cared about anything enough to cancel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm just like, Unless obviously it's awful. Yeah, yeah. There's the, there's the extremes, Yeah. but then there's like this kind of stuff where you're like, ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. It belittles, you know, other other people's narratives and stuff like this. And it's certainly like, but the thing is, I was never a fan of Hassan Minhaj beforehand. Oh, okay. I'm not like against him. No love lost there. No love lost. So how do you, what's your attitude like in your own comedy? How how far are you willing to die? Grind till I die, baby. <laughs> Grind till I die. Always working, always hustling. That's my attitude. Quit the day job so you can spend Quit more Quit the day time. job. Be homeless to get the stories. So how much of your own personal stories do you put in your comedy? Do you have like people in your life being like, do you mind like leaving that one out? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to be respectful. I have on occasion, there was one person who I was talking about on stage and they asked me not to. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I did it again anyway. And they said, this is actually, this is not acceptable. And I was like, yeah, yeah. you're right. So I have done that. I've been guilty of doing that. For most people, it depends on the story. There's some stuff which I'll talk about generally. Um, there's one I'm working on right now. There's a friend of mine who said something really funny once 
and it doesn't put him in a bad light, but I, the problem is, is his, his name in particular is really good for the story because right. who he, because it's kind of like a international yet like kind of a rare name. So mm. it kind of fits really nicely to build the character of who he is in this yeah. story. And he also said something really fucking funny. And um, so I thinking about messaging him and asking, but I also think that I don't know if he'd care, but it also doesn't put him in a bad light. So it's one of those weird ones, but certain stuff I might ask, but I, at no point, the problem is, is for me, to answering this, uh, to answer this question, it's like most of the things I'd say, I'd, I'd feel like it have, would have to be my story to share. Yeah. So I just feel like I have to share my story and be brave. <laughs> Give yourself a voice. There's Give not myself enough white a voice. men with a microphone. <laughs> there isn't. Honestly, I've been saying this for a long time. Um, yeah, so I think I'd want it to be who... I, I'd, I'd want it to be like me sharing the story and it's my story yeah. to share. Um, I have on occasion tried to do one or two jokes and people have gotten... Other people, not the person themselves, have gotten annoyed. I said, I don't know if you should be sharing like my, my siblings and stuff. One of my other siblings got annoyed that I was talking about another sibling, and I was like, okay. And they're like, have you talked to them yet? And I was like, no. And then they're like, you should. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I mean, I, like, I've, I've fabricated stuff on stage or like changed details and stuff, but um, never to a super extreme. Do you talk about your job on stage? Um, not the current job. I have, I have it briefly, yeah. My, the three month job, the, 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 the suit job, yeah, I, that was a big part of. That was like a whole five to six minute bit about my, um, and then the, in my hour that I recorded in October. Um, yeah, because that, I hated that job so much. It was about like corporate, the corporate world. Yeah. So this current job, it only featured briefly, positively though, because I was saying like how this current job, what I really like about it is it, the job is not enjoyable, but no one pretends that it is. And yeah. that's what makes it really good. And like, it was just, it, just two of them are very brief lines, but it's just about like, I went into work once and I said to my boss, Hey, how's it going? And she went, well, I'm still here. So not that good. <laughs> and I liked that because yeah. it was honest because I had this job that I used to work where I hated it and it sucked and everyone pretended that it wasn't. And it's basically, yeah. And then the whole thing evolves into me calling my suit, my lizard skin, and then pretending yeah. that my boss is a giant lizard. Mama Lizard is what I used to call her. Genuinely. To her face? No, 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 no. But to my, to my <laughs> friends and stuff. And weirdly enough, that bit really resonated with people, the whole lizard skin thing. Like, because mm. it's about going into work and pretending to be someone you're not and how that, like, is not fun. Um, and that, yeah, but that's, and I, the thing is, it was like, I worked, uh, like, I hated that job so much. There was just nothing in You did say, actually, you didn't like it much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I might have mentioned. It wasn't good. Um, but yeah, you got to work a day job, I think for comedy, you know, some people get away with not doing it and that's mm. great for them, but I think it helps a lot. It keeps you grounded. It gives you just stories. Yeah. Um, financially it's really practical. And then I think you can always kind of tell with certain comedians if they've worked day jobs or not yeah. and how long they did it for. Cause some people did it for like a year, man, I, I'm not going to name who the comedian was, but there was a comedian once I was at with, uh, what is it? We do this like comedians football on Sundays. And we were sitting there and we we're talking about how we'd work the next day. And this one guy was like, oh man, you know, he, I can't, I couldn't do it a nine to five. You know, I just, uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Like yeah. I like being able to like write the next day off or like, you know, pace my schedule. And I said, but if you had to, but if you had to, you know, yeah. like, like it's all nice and good for us to be like, oh, I just couldn't do that. But if you had to do it, you would. Like, there's, you're not like some special <laughs> gift of God that like couldn't, these hands couldn't possibly type a report that I don't want to read. Uh, so that, like, that kind of pissed me off there. But it, it is what it is, you know. Hopefully they'll watch this and. Yeah, hopefully my boss will watch this and be like, wow, we gotta, we gotta go there. 
Yeah, it's rough. Some people, the problem is, is I like mine because it's once five o'clock hits, done. Oh yeah. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Um, because I've had jobs before where they're like, I also know comedians who work as lawyers and stuff and they just get called in randomly and it's like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nah, rough. I fuck that, bro. Also, like, how do you switch off funny when you're in a courtroom? Yeah, but I mean, in the same way that like, you know, if you had like personal family drama, I think you'd be able to switch it off. I, I reckon also you probably throw in a bit of humor and you could help you with the case. Yeah, like, you this can make the jury laugh. Off matter. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know what it is. I think it's more that like if if your uh, opponent, I don't know how they, what they call it. <laughs> Just imagine your swords now. Yeah, if they say something ludicrous and you can like insult them and make everyone laugh at the same time, you're done. Yeah, that's yeah. you've won it. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the defendant is. Yeah, do like, you ever bring your work self to comedy? Wow, that's a good question. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. There's been like I think when I'm in a comedic setting with other comedians that I don't know really well, I'll re I'll become a bit reclusive. Yeah. Um, which is uh, is not who I like to be. But like, yeah. if I don't feel comfortable, that's what I've realized about myself. Is like when I, when I don't feel comfortable, I really like kind of go inward and just like don't get in anyone's way, which is not good. You but also I feel like if you're not if no one wants to talk to you. Mm. And then you're just being overly outgoing. People are going to be like, who the fuck is this yeah. dude? Well, I was going to say, the only thing worse than going into yourself when you're uncomfortable is going outwards because then you yeah. see everyone else uncomfortable. Yeah, because then you say something and it doesn't land <laughs> yeah. and then you, you, you're like, oh, God, it's even worse. How do you deal with jokes not landing if one has ever not landed? <sighs> I don't know. Talk to me in a few years. I've never, <laughs> never had it happen. Oh, you just, you just go, oh, fine, fuck it. Yeah. Well, it depends on the context. If it's a joke that you know is funny and you're in a situation where you had a major, like, a more important gig, sometimes you just move on. Because mm -hmm. the boss of the audience doesn't know that that was necessarily meant to be a joke. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing is, is a lot of times just like, a lot of times you just gotta power through. Yeah. That's a lot of stand-up. It's just, yeah. it's just keeping calm and just saying things that need, you know, and just letting it happen. Because you get, there's a lot of comedians will say that they do shows just power through and then they like no one's laughing and then they come off stage and people go oh that was amazing i thought that was so funny it's like why the fuck were you not laughing <laughs> yeah but, could have done with some help though. but i think also we put a lot of pressure on people to laugh or like to, to react in a certain way and it's like you know also sometimes people come to comedy and they just they just sit in the darkness and they just want to like relax because that's what i do that whenever i go to a comedy show it's very rare that i'll laugh out loud i have to be in a good mood to laugh out loud i'm on edge constantly mm -hmm. at a comedy show because i've had quite a few jokes just in my personal because you always sit in the front row I, lis I listened to <laughs> yeah, I listened to Bammy's episode. Yeah, always sit in the front row. Which first of all, it's awkward if you're sat in the front row. You're like, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. There's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of pressure on from oh, comedians. Sometimes I think good comedians will just let the room do its thing. Yeah, but like sometimes people like comedians get mad at the audience for not reacting a certain way. It's like you're making it worse now. Yeah, like people already feel maybe they feel uncomfortable. They're just trying to get into it. Mm. So um, now, I'll yeah. force a laugh. I don't you will? The only, if I'm the only person in the room, even if it's not a funny joke, I'll laugh. Oh my god. Yeah, I and it gets tiring, because at the end I don't even know what's funny anymore. I'm like, well, I've just been laughing. I don't know if I appreciate you, or if I think you're the worst Maybe I'll come to a show, it. you can let me know. Yeah. Like, the room's dead silent, I'm like, that was the one! Um, well, that seems a bit extreme, even if even if, even if <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I point and I'm practically... <laughs> a knee slapper. <laughs> what is the ideal, like vibe in a room for you what do you think is it knee slappers or is it dead yeah. silence i just want a whole room of knee slappers <laughs> bunch of old men go 
Woo! <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, you want, I mean, you can always tell a gig's going to be good if people are chatting before the show starts. Yeah. Like if everyone's sitting there quiet, it's like, yeah, they're just going rough. into an argument. Yeah, you want, you want, I think, want people one or two drinks in. They're excited. Friday, Saturday night, a bit late. They're up for it. Um, and they're like eager. They just, they're just here to f have fun. Yeah. And, but no one's too drunk and no one's too cocky. I think that's really what makes it the best. And then if the, you know, it needs to be set up to be good audio and the lights need to be good. But yeah, that's the main thing. It's just like, you just want people who are just there for fun. And, and I think it's always really nice when you see an audience who's like up to have a good time, but then also will listen so that you get the benefits that like all jokes, like all good jokes will work in that environment. Yeah. I always find that really fun when you're at a gig and like I was doing the stand in Newcastle once and the guy was on first, this guy called Robin Granger. He has a whole bit about how he did the Edinburgh Fringe and only sold one ticket before the show, nice. the run began. And then it was a producer who then saw his show and then recommended to a to a journalist who then tweeted about it and they sold out. It became this global news story. If you Google Robin Granger at Fringe, it'll show up. Um, it was a, it was like the number three most read story on the BBC oh. and stuff. It was and then he sold out his run off the back of it and he's still doing TV junkets and stuff because of it. And it's just it's just a great feel good story. Mm. But it's a twenty minute club store club set, which yeah. is a story about how he failed at selling shows and and it could be becomes our hero through the thing. And I love that that was like how the show opened and everyone was really intent listening. The jokes are all there, so it's it's well done. But it is inherently kind of a um, a more reserved story. Um, understated, I guess is maybe the word I'm looking for. But then I went up and I just did like 10 minutes of like fucking stupid wanker joke material or like, you know, a bit about going down with someone and that's way more sexual. Yeah. But then they went for that as well. And it's yeah. nice that like, it's also nice when, when audiences go for like silly stuff and then blues stuff and then more heartfelt stuff. It's like, I think those are great when you get an audience who's like just up for listening and doesn't, you know, there's no ego. But yeah, you're, I mean, internally you're always comparing. You're like, oh, I want to be the, you always want to be the best comedian on the lineup. That's what you always want to be. How do you deal with that? Is that not a lot of pressure to... Yeah, that's difficult. The, mm -hmm. the competitive nature of stand-up is incredibly challenging, for yeah. sure. Um, but again, all you can do is just try to focus on the things you can control. So the material for me is the biggest thing that I can control. I always say, like, the material sets you free. When you're writing, that's the only thing that'll, you know, if you have a new joke, that'll fucking keep you going for a day like that that's excited or that you're working towards something but i've tried to write a bit about this now because i did talk to my mother about this feeling i said i find it really hard to be comparing myself to others she said my mother gives very middle class advice and so she said you know when i was on the swim team in high school <laughs> and she said my coach used to say to me focus on your own race because the right. second you look to the left and you second you look to the right you lose time mm -hmm. and you're not focusing on what's important and I felt this true. It was, I, I was like, okay, well, that is good advice for sure. But then there also comes a point where you're swimming and you, you, you could see the people in front of you, you know, <laughs> you're not even looking, but you can see how much further ahead they yeah. are. And you're like, what am I supposed to do now? But at that point, I guess that's when you fucking get your ass into gear. But it is, um, yeah, I, f I find that challenging for sure. But I, I'm really trying to like, do my own thing. So like one of the big things for me was like this year I did my Edinburgh Fringe show. I toured it across Europe. I don't, I didn't have anybody telling me to do that. I just did it myself building up to the fringe, getting the hour together. Then I filmed it myself. That was my own thing that I can do. And then I will have the special out and then I can put the clips out. And you know, those are all things that I can control and that, are, that I can do. Yeah. And so I think that's the only thing you can do is just push yourself 
And now I've filmed an hour of material and now I'm working on new jokes. And the first few weeks I hated it. But then I watched this, this is really great documentary called Comedian, um, which is about Jerry Seinfeld and this up and comer called Orny Adams at the time. Um, and Jerry is working on new material and he's bombing and he's failing. And there's one scene where this woman in the crowd looks at Jerry and she goes, is this your first time? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, this is my first time. Because yeah. you get lost in the thought. It's just like, it's so nice to see someone else in the same boat. Um, and but now, like, I'm a month after recording it, a month and a bit, and I already have like three or four bits that I'm like, I really think this could go somewhere. Like, it'll take like two years for it to be anywhere, yeah. but it's exciting. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, I have this new joke, which I've never done before in this format. This is another silly bit. This is that. So it's like, I have the basics for at least 20 minutes of material. Mm. And then the rest of it will just happen as the years, you know, as the year or two goes by. And that's fun, which means hopefully by like May, when I hope to be maybe back in Europe again, doing some like work in progress shows, I can do 45 minutes of yeah. material. But, you know, it's not going to be as tight as the hour was, but it'll be 45 minutes of jokes that I can have fun with and I can yeah. just rock around with, you know, so that's... That's what keeps it exciting. Is there's always that's the thing about stand-up. It's so um, it's so hopeful. It's so optimistic because yeah. there's always another joke. There's always another joke to improve. This it's never over. That's yeah. what's great about it. I love it. That's why. Yeah, it's not like humor is an humor is an organ that you can get removed or yeah, yeah, slowly yeah. die on you. What is your process like of telling jokes, <laughs> writing jokes, writing jokes, telling them's a bit more obvious. Yeah, but, but I, f I I like to focus a lot on the performance as well. So that's for me. A, as big of an aspect of writing is performing. I like to, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how much of my stand-up you've seen. Um, Everything on your Instagram. Okay, yeah. So I like, I mean, yeah, it's definitely changed in the last year, but I've gotten a lot more physical in my act. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you saw my, like, my red light district bit about... Like, I think so. Yeah, it's about the... Basically about like when you walk in Amsterdam, the quality of man drastically drops the second. And then I do this whole <laughs> act out of like a, a, a horny Dutch guy. Um, but That was an act? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think for, for how does the writing process work? It just works with, I think of something funny and I go, oh, that could be good. And then I try it out, see if people relate to it. And then the building of it is like just doing it again and again, improving it each night, sitting there thinking, I don't like the way that works. How can I have this be more fun? Yeah. And then for me, it's I, because I do a lot of physicality, I can sit there and think, oh, it'd be really funny if I said this or if I acted in this way or if I did this face. And so that it's just a slow build. But a lot of it's just like just trying it out. I, I prefer that. I don't really sit down and write. That's not a. I prefer to, as they say, write on stage. Interesting. Um, so, do you prefer work in progress shows or? Um, yeah, I just I just like gigging and doing new material. Right now, especially, I'm enjoying doing new material shows because I can actually work on bits. Because you know, I have my older stuff, and I'm certainly you know will improve that. But that's for me. That's done. That's recorded. I'm, I'm fucking. I'm excited for this. This is new. This is different. I've not. I've not said this before in this way. I'm not, I don't really know what I'm saying. I can't remember everything. And that's like, oh, it keeps you on your toes. Um, but yeah, the work of progress shows are great only because you can put a, a group of material together mm -hmm. and you can go bit after bit. And it's just more time on stage, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And also, like, if I get booked for 10 minutes, that means I can only work on, like, two or three bits. Yeah. I like to have bits that are longer. Like, my, my favorite, one of my favorite bits of mine is, like, a nine-minute bit about family. It's not, you know, it's, it's other smaller bits put together, but inherently yeah. it's nine minutes of material just about family. And for yeah. me, that's like, fuck, this is great. Yeah. It's the same topic. It really develops. It goes. Um, so that, for me, is more fun. It's just, like, rather than only performing one joke that night, I can do, like, three or four or five, ten different bits, um, which is cool. I don't know. So you enjoy that. I'd love to hear about what you've got 
go coming up. So you've got the special, obviously, which is yes. out. Um, everyone go watch it. Yeah, you can pre-order it now. January 15th is when it comes out. That's the day after my dad's birthday, so that might is have it? to be his gift. That, you should get it for him. You can pre-order <laughs> now. It's cheaper. It's only £5 pre-order. Nice. Plus to £8 full price. Wow. I know. <laughs> have you got any shows coming up that you'd like to... Um, yeah, January, let me say 18th, mm. I got a work in progress show. A top secret, whatever that Thursday is of that week. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the 15th is the Monday, 16th Tuesday, so yeah, so the 18th. Uh, I've got a work in progress show yeah. at Top Secret Comedy Club. Then I'm doing the Glasgow and Brighton Fringes. Um, don't know what dates those are, but they'll be on my website. And uh, yeah, the biggest thing I'm promoting is a special. So if people awesome. want to watch that, that'd be great. Yeah, and uh, they can find you on Instagram. Yep, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, at Phil Comedy, and Perfect. YouTube as well. And then Cheesecake PCK is my name on Twitter. Nice. Which is my old handle, which I decided to change everywhere. But then someone has Phil Comedy, but their account got banned, but it's still not available. God, my life is a prison. <laughs> well, I'll try and link everything everywhere. Yes, so please. no one has to type in cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been lovely talking it's to you. It's lovely talking to you as well. Thank you for having me. No worries.